Many of you know that I grew up in California. I was raised in Southern California and the Bay Area, both of them, and spent time as a child at SeaWorld and Marine World Africa USA. Anyone in here been to either one of those? Marine World Africa USA was real big in the 90s. I'm pretty sure it's not in existence anymore. Both of them had whales and dolphins. This was before the time of the movie Blackfish, and it was right around the time of Free Willy. Um, and as a child, before I knew how intelligent these animals were, I have so many memories of watching them in their huge tanks, feeling connected to them, feeling as if they had lessons for me. And what's true is, in this land of 10,000 lakes, dolphins still have lessons for us. So our sermon today is about dolphins. Uh, the lessons that they have for us is on how to be in community together. In the book Undrowned, Black Feminist Lessons from Marine Mammals, I highly recommend this book. It is not in our book stall, but it's called Undrowned, Black Feminist Lessons from Marine Mammals by Alexis Pauline Gums. She invites us to learn community lessons and collaboration from white-bellied, short-snouted dolphins, which you can see on your screens. She has five lessons that we can learn from these white-bellied, short-snouted dolphins that I'm going to share with you today. So the first lesson she invites us to remember from these dolphins is roll deep. These dolphins do not travel alone. These dolphins are in community and they know that. They swim with whales and other dolphins to swim and eat in community. So lesson one is roll deep. Go towards community and this community has so much going for it. We are officially at the six month mark of our first year together half of a year of getting to know each other, figuring out who we are in this community and planning for the future. And I came into ministry because of a love of people. People are beautiful, complicated, messy, broken and whole, and we are better together than apart. And we are at an exciting time in this congregation. Your staff is preparing for our stewardship campaign in March, and we are bringing back the newsletter. That's right. Get excited. Nine o'clock was a little more excited. We're bringing back the newsletter. There we go. That's on the horizon. It will be in a different iteration than it was, but it's still a newsletter. So stay tuned. And we are exploring as a congregation how to show up for trans refugees and their families who are moving here from other states, and your social action committee is focusing on the subjects of housing and food insecurity this year. Our theme this month is justice, as Jack named, the practice of doing the next right thing. In my six months here, I have been learning about your history of showing up in the community, your history of doing the next right thing. This past week, I had an opportunity to tour the North Star Youth Drop-In Center at the Maplewood Mall. This center is run by the Tubman Center, but it was begun by congregants from right within this congregation. I'm pretty sure here right now. 
we have deep roots there and continue to collect items for them. Many of you have seen the cart in the social hall and you might have wondered, what's that cart doing there? What is North Star? Well, you could go and tour it um, anytime. And there is a list of items on the bulletin board in the hallway as well, if you're wondering what type of items they need. And as I toured this center, I was blown away by the amount of resources available to anyone who comes there. A place to rest, a place to take a pregnancy or an HIV test, a place for food, a place to wash up in the bathroom, all with dignity, privacy, and care. And they're expanding into the space next door. It really is an amazing project that we should be proud of. And I name this to remind you of the power of community, that power of community to show up and do the thing that needs to be done. This youth drop-in center is a perfect example of justice doing the next right thing. Alexis Pauline Gums, lesson number two from the Dolphins, is that they are better together. They travel in groups of hundreds, sometimes thousands, as you can see. They eat and sleep together. Community is needed for their existence. And so this congregation is, along with many others, is still in this forming and reforming after we're emerging from this pandemic that we're still living with. We're figuring out who we are together and how we want to show up in the world now with a new lead minister, with people going on sabbaticals, with staff leaving and hiring of new staff, we are a community in process. And in the midst of uncertainty, personally and on a community level and on a national level, our invitation with this is to show up for each other. We are better together. The pandemic taught us this and we learn each day that we we learn that each day that we show up for each other. And if you're looking for a way to show up for each other, our conversation circles at, that I mentioned at the beginning that are after the service today and all the services this month are a great way to practice this. Rabbi Sharon Bruce had a piece in the New York Times recently about the power of showing up for each other. She wrote, Buried deep within the Mishnah, a Jewish legal compendium from around the third century is an ancient practice reflecting a deep understanding of the human psyche and spirit. When your heart is broken, when the specter of death visits your family, when you feel lost and, and inclined, excuse me, when you feel lost and alone and inclined to retreat, you show up, you entrust your pain to the community. The text Midat chapter two, verse two, describes a pilgrimage ritual from the time of the second temple. Several times each year, hundreds of thousands of Jews would ascend to Jerusalem, the center of Jewish religious and political life. They would climb the steps to the temple mount and enter its enormous plaza and turn to the right, all circling counterclockwise. Meanwhile, the brokenhearted, the mourners, the lonely, the sick would make the same ritual, go up the Temple Mount, but they would turn to the left and circle in a clockwise direction, every step against the current. And each person who encountered someone in pain would look into the other person's eyes and inquire, what happened to you? Why does your heart ache? My father died, a person might say. There are so many things I never got to say to him. 
Or perhaps my partner left. I was completely blindsided. Or my child is sick. We're awaiting the test results. Those who walked from the right would offer a blessing such as, may the Holy One comfort you, they would say, or you are not alone. And then they would continue to walk until the next person was approached, or until the next person approached. This practice of showing up, this story from this ancient Jewish scripture, tells us of the power of bearing witness to each other. It strengthens us to show up for the world. It strengthens us to bear witness, to learn how to carry the griefs and traumas of what it means to be alive. And the more we show up for each other, the more that we encourage each other to be our authentic selves within this community, to be vulnerable, to open our hearts to each other. And we don't show up to fix each other. We show up to listen and to bear witness. Lesson number three, from those dolphins, they still have lessons, is that we can be seen on our own terms. These white-bellied, short-snouted dolphins were not spotted until 1971. But they existed long before that. And then in 1971, all these events coalesced to bring them into people's awareness. Maybe for some of you, this is part of your story within this congregation, within this faith, that you did not feel seen until you came to this place. I did not come out of the closet as bisexual, then queer, until I was 31 and belonged to a UU congregation. It gave me the strength and community and non-judgment to move more fully into naming my own identity. And this is what we do for each other. But we have to show up first, show up and hold each other in covenant. Part of what makes this community, this faith, this life, this faith so life-changing is demonstrated in the power of presence. This worship would still be worship if there was only one of you here. But it wouldn't be that great, let me tell you. And there would have been a lot of pressure to laugh during that story that Jack and I led. And I've preached to a group of nine people. That's the smallest that I've preached to before. It was small but mighty. But you all know that there is a power to showing up. There's power to being in this room surrounded by other people on this journey. And for many, this is how God shows up in people. One of my invitations to you today is to keep showing up. And so thank you to those of you who made the effort to come to this place today. And please keep doing so. And if you're on the fence about it, please keep showing up. We need you. I met with a congregant this week who said her New Year's resolution was to attend worship every Sunday. I realized, I know some of you were like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> I realize this isn't possible for all of you, but for those of you who can make the effort, I encourage you to. And I encourage you not to just show up for yourself, but because the community is better because you are here. Not everyone is coming to see me or Jack or the choir or our guest musicians. Some people come to this place just to be in the room with you all and to know that they aren't alone. It makes a difference when you show up. And if the only way possible is for you to show up right now online to my people online, know that we see that and we honor it and look forward to the day when you are able to join us in person.
Lesson number four from the dolphins is to do your depth work. The only requirement Alexis Pauline Gum says to be part of this mas massive oceanic family are that you have to be willing to dive deep because these dolphins, they eat a thousand feet below the surface. The depth work is making a commitment to this congregation and continuing to show up. And when I talk about showing up, I mean not just sitting in the pews, I already did that ask, but I mean the ways that you're able to give to this congregation. I mean bringing food to the potlucks on Wednesday nights, being part of our cook teams, part of our greeters, serving in leadership or on committees, and the gift of your pledges. The staff and I have been going through the membership book, trying to discern what our membership looks like in 2024. And each year we do this, we go through the membership book because we recertify with the Unitarian Universalist Association. We talk about how many members there are, how many friends, how many children there are. We give them our budget numbers and we talk about how we're using resources offered by the UUA, it's a whole process. So we're looking at our membership and what it looks like now. Some people think that they have been members because they signed the book 10 years ago. But if you haven't pledged in 10 years or five years or two years, chances are you're not actually counted as a member. It does say in our bylaws that a pledge of record is required for membership. Your pledge is one way that you show up for this community. And we have pledges in this community from $0 to $30,000. And whether your pledge is $0 or $5 or $30,000, the fact that you're making a pledge matters. Your pledge is just as important as the others. And when you fill out the pledge form each year, it means that you are committed to this congregation, that your family is committed to this congregation. And this is one more way of showing up for each other. This is part of that depth work. Digging deep to give in in all the ways that you are able. And for those who aren't able, gratefully receiving the generosity of others who are. And we don't just show up for ourselves alone. We show up for this interconnected web of humanity, which extends beyond these walls. For that which we are a part, many of you have seen an ask in the recent e-news from Moose Jaw, the Minnesota UU Social Justice Alliance, asking for people from representatives from this congregation to help get out the vote, to work with them in anticipation of this presidential election this November. And how many people in here are having anxiety about that election? Because I certainly am. And my privilege says, just put your head under the pillow and pray it works out. But my faith tells me you actually have action to do. And so Moostra is organizing a get out the vote and you, you the vote activities in advance of this election. And I strongly hope there is energy in this congregation to get behind this because our democracy is on the line this November. We need people to phone bank and write letters and to encourage others to vote with our shared values. This is one more way we can be generous with each other and practice justice making together. <clears throat> so our last lesson from our beautiful dolphins is to be ready to transform. 
They collectively change direction abruptly to keep humans from following them and will move thousands of miles to stay current with the ocean. To be in community means we are changed by it. I am changed by being one of your ministers and you are changed by your relationships here. These mammals teach us what it means to be in community, that we are better together. We are responsible for each other. We can be a witness to each other and together we are transformed, but it is an active, not a passive transformation. The power of community goes beyond words. It's in that place of transformation, of creation, of conflict in the source of transformation, of dreaming together about the world we want to create, that place of hope. We come to this place because we need hope. And the power of community is what inspires us to do that together. You all know that famous quote from Margaret Mead, never underestimate the power of a small group of committed people to change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. We have that power, dear ones, and we need all of you for this, and hope and love are at the center. Remember that we can show up together for things like the North Star Youth Drop-In Center, things like getting out the vote. These things can show us that we can make a difference. And if you are personally struggling and you have no energy for that, I hope that you found connection and people to bear witness to what you're carrying within this place. And if you are in a place of energy and resilience and have space to give, I hope that you are walking that opposite direction around the temple to bear witness to what others are carrying. Howard Zinn said, to be hopeful in bad times is not just foolishly romantic. It's based on the fact that human history is a history not only of cruelty, but also of compassion sacrifice, courage, and kindness. He continues, what we choose to emphasize in this complex history will determine our lives. If we see only the worst, it destroys our capacity to do something. If we remember those times and places, and there are so many, where people have behaved magnificently, this gives us the energy to act, and at least the possibility of sending this spinning top of a world in a different direction. And if we do act in however small a way, we don't have to wait for some grand utopian future. The future is an infinite succession of presence. And to live now as we think human beings should live, in defiance of all that is bad around us, is itself a marvelous victory. And so may we roll deep together recognize we are better together, be seen on our own terms, do our depth work, show up and be ready to transform for hope for each other as if our lives depend on it because they do. I am so glad and grateful to be on this journey with you all. Now the work begins. Amen.